the Eucharist commits us to the poor. When I first encountered this statement in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, I have to admit I was puzzled because in all my years of Catholic education, I had never been taught this. Oh sure, I had been taught about the obligation to care for the poor, to see the face of Christ in the poor, but that was ethics, that was morality, that was justice, that was discipleship. It wasn't sacramental theology. Yet here it was in front of me from an authoritative Catholic source and with backup from no less than St. John Chrysostom, one of the fathers of the church. The Eucharist commits us to the poor. St. Luke's gospel is the ultimate source of this idea, I think. Luke is always concerned with the poor. From the jubilant song of Mary, celebrating how God has cast down the mighty from their thrones and raised up the lowly, and from the moment when poor shepherds in the field became the first to hear the good news of the angels announcing the birth of the Messiah, all the way through the story of the widow's might and the parable of the woman who searches for one small lost coin, an image of the kingdom of God, and much, much more. For Luke, the use of possessions is a sign of the reign of God, a theme he carries through the Acts of the Apostles when he says that the hallmark of the young Christian community is that they shared all things in common. When Luke tells us the story of the feeding of the 5,000, he is talking about people with actually empty stomachs. It's a wonderful story. All these hungry people and the disciples don't think they have the wherewithal to help. But guess what? They do. Give them something to eat yourselves, Jesus gently tells them, and then proceeds to show them how. What happens next is something marvelous. Five loaves and a couple of fish turn into food for 5,000 with 12 baskets left over. Did the people in that crowd begin to share with one another once the disciples shared what they had? This story, however, is not just about a picnic out in the fields or a miracle, however marvelous. It's a sign. It's a prophetic sign of what it looks like when the reign of God breaks into the world. And for the apostolic Christians and for many throughout Christian history, the meaning of this sign is inextricable from the meaning of Eucharist. Here's the clue. In the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus takes the bread, blesses it, breaks it, and gives it. And what did we hear in the reading from St. Paul? The Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it. And something happens. At the Last Supper, bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ given for us. Out in the fields, scarcity turns into abundance, hungers are satisfied, and things the disciples thought they could not do become amazingly possible. It can happen still, whenever people gather, listen to the words of Jesus and break the bread. The Eucharist commits us to the poor. I've been helped to understand how this makes sense theologically 
by reading the writings of one of the American leaders of the liturgical movement from the early 20th century, a Benedictine monk of St. John's Abbey in Collegeville, Minnesota, named Father Virgil Michael. He argued that it is through the liturgy that we come to know and experience ourselves as members of one body in Christ. It's through participation in the Eucharist, the sharing of one loaf and one cup, that we discover and affirm again and again that we need one another, that no one is dispensable. We are all part of the same mystical body of Christ. No one can say to another person, I don't need you. The act of celebrating Eucharist is thus a promise, Virgil Michael explained, a promise that we will live our life outside the liturgy according to that same love of God and neighbor that we experience within it. Unless we do that, our action at the altar, quote, would be at best lip service, a lie before God. It follows, therefore, that a Eucharistic piety that discerns the body of the Lord in the consecrated species, but not in the body of our brothers and sisters in need, is not a genuine Eucharistic piety. It's something less than that. Eucharist commits us to the poor because Jesus chose to identify himself with them. And he tells us that again today. Give them something to eat. So let us then, as a Eucharistic people, commit ourselves to sharing our bread with the hungry, but also to sharing the wine of gladness and joy with the poor that comes with sharing our very lives. We meet today on the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Christ, the church's feast honoring the Eucharist. But what does Eucharist mean? That's the great question that we continue to ponder.